hand clap, please. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Oh, they're falling out already. Praise God. I got up this morning and it was pouring down rain. Thank you, Jesus. We had a house full of peoples, kids and everything else, trying to get ready. Got ready, saw what time it was, already running late, got in the car, cranked it up, check engine light came on. Anybody ever read the small print? Well, I had, especially for me, installed on my car, underneath the check engine light, small print, and it says, check engine light. Wife was the last one who drove it. <laughs> Look over at the gas hand, blinking. 29 miles left to empty. Looked in my billfold, empty. <laughs> On my way to church, oh, and it was horribly raining. Red lights, blue lights, you know, just lights everywhere. And I'm sitting here, and there was a time in my life when I would have thought, nah, this, this just isn't supposed to be. But now I'm in a place in my life where it says, my, 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 they're giving me a blue light escort. It's that important that the church hear the word of God. They're escorting me through blue lights and red lights and all of those things. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I want you to bless the reading of your word. Anoint this message. Hide me behind the cross so that only Jesus might be seen in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to talk with you this morning, minister to you, about coming up short. Anybody ever been there? Whether it's in your finances, whatever it is, coming up short. I can identify with this message personally. <laughs> Here of late, uh, whether it be weeks, months, whatever it is. And when, and I don't know about all ministers, but I do know that a lot of ministers that I am accustomed to, that I know about, when they are in struggles, rather than choosing to get down, they try to turn their focus to the Word of God, to the principles of God, to find out what's going on, what's happening, what's taking place, to draw encouragement. So when I'm going through the heat of the battle, Many times I won't really call a friend because I am afraid of what I might hear. I'm already discouraged enough. So I will turn my focus to the Word of God and find out exactly what God's Word says about me coming up short. Is it about me? Is it about my lifestyle? Is it about the choices that I've made? What is it about, Lord? And I turn to the Word of God to find out exactly what's going on, coming up short. You been there? Good. Then we're right on cue here. Praise God. 
And again, it doesn't matter if it's whatever area of life it's in. I know some people right now that they feel that the battle in their life, they keep praying and they're praying and they're praying and they don't seem to get any answers. It might be a physical thing, a healing that they need. It might be financial, spiritual in the children's life, whatever the case is, and they're praying and they're praying and they don't seem to be getting any answers. And their conclusion is, I just don't have enough faith. You ever been there? Well, my faith's not working. God doesn't hear me. He's not listening. You ever been there? Well, I hope it doesn't surprise you, but it might surprise you to find out that I get there too. I get to the place that I think he's through with me. I'm washed up. It's over. Whatever the case is. You know, I keep trying to neatly fold up my Bible, zip it up, and pack it away, and say, well, I'm done with that phase. I'll just concentrate on my family, my grandkids, the hope house of the best that I can do, and move on. And there's little annoying people, like our pastor, Rhonda, like my wife that keep getting in my way and destroying my plans to simply quit, move on from there, and move to something else. Every time I decide that this is it, I can do this and I can forget about that and move on, something happens. I do appreciate, Pastor, the opportunity to minister this morning I, um, I put together, to the best of my ability, some notes, a word that's been burning in my heart, that's been ministering to me, and uh, I, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate it, church, those of you who, by boat, car, or whatever it was that got here, in our lives, we come up short. In our prayer life, we seem to come up short. You know, in the, in the book of, um, in the book, there are examples to minister to that. For instance, there's a man that came to Jesus, bringing his son, and he said, Lord, can you heal him? Is there anything that you can do for me? And Jesus said, only believe, only have faith, only tap into that that you already have. He said, Lord, I believe, but it's this unbelief. It's this unbelief. What do I do about this? I, I know that you can. I've seen people in my life that I've seen them. I, I, I've, I've seen them healed. I know that you're the healer. I've been raised that way. I know that you're the healer. I've seen it with these eyes, people that were healed. I know, but there's something about right now in my life, in the nasty right now, that I just can't seem to get over it. But it's my son, or it's my body, or it's this that's going on. What do I do about it? So, Lord, I believe, will you help my struggle, my unbelief? 
He didn't go away disappointed. In the book of Mark, the 10th chapter, I walked back and asked Connie if she had a, pair, uh, a spare pair of glasses. <laughs> I sat mine out right where I knew I wouldn't forget them. And I sure hope they're still sitting there when I get back, praise the Lord, because that's where I left them. Help me, Jesus. In the 10th chapter, it talks about starting at verse 17, a young rich man. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus' response, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. Teacher, he declared, all this I have kept since I was a boy. It's a young man that's interested in doing the right thing. It certainly sounds like to me, right? He's concerned about getting to heaven. He's concerned about eternal life. He's trying to organize and arrange his life in a way that it would be accepted not only to the community, but to God himself, it appears to me. But notice what is said. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven, then come and follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. One thing is needed. Now, I'm not going to, this morning, ask you to give everything away. This isn't what this message is about. This is about lacking one thing. This is about recognizing what really is important. How important is it for you and I to have all the money that we need? One thing, I watch television and I hear about these lottery winners and I hear about people with lots of money and all of that. And every once in a while I say, oh, if, if I could just get this one thing, if I could just have this, this amount of money, if I could do this, if I could do that. And I, it, 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 at the moment, it seems real important in my life. But I have discovered one thing that's real important in my life. One thing that will carry me through the storms of life. One thing that will help my family when everything seems to be coming apart. And it's nothing but dysfunction. One thing that will help the Hope House. The women of the Hope House to recover. To discover who they are. To walk really in God, and that is Jesus. Every once in a while, somebody will come up to me and say, Oh, Pastor, I really have missed you. I love it when you just shout out, Jesus! Well, it's because I've discovered one thing that really works, one thing that's above and beyond everything else. And I shout it out. Sometimes even now in my life, I find myself, Matt, sitting in my regular little spot, sitting, waiting, waiting, waiting for a miracle. I'll sit on the top step so it's not as far to get up. Hallelujah. 
waiting and waiting for a miracle. And then I'll hear somebody coming. I'll hear a noise in the far. And I'll recognize the sounds and recognize the excitement. And I'll know who it is and what he's doing and why he's come. And I'll shout out, Jesus! Just like blind Bartimaeus. Jesus! And everything in my life says, quiet and down. Just, just shut up. No, don't do this. He doesn't care about you. He's left you. You're done. You can pack it up. You can zip it up. You can pack it away. And something inside me, pastor says, shout one more time, Jesus! And the crowds in my life, I'm not talking about any of you. I've never had anybody come up to me, angel, and say, oh, that's too loud. Or that's inappropriate when I'm shouting Jesus. But I've had struggles in my life say, oh, you ought to be quiet. My finances have spoken to me and said, you ought to shut up. I don't want to come to the end. I don't want to come to the place when I meet him and say, Lord, what do I do to inherit to eternal life? What do I do to receive these things? And he say, you lack one thing. It's a commitment to me. You lack one thing. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke. The 10th chapter. Verse 38 through 42, if I can find them. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparation that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Can't you tell her to help me? Martha, Martha. <laughs> you know, Pastor, I know that I'm in trouble when I hear my name mentioned more than once in the same sentence. David, David. Uh, mentioning that, it takes me back, flood, all the way back to memories of a child. I was raised mostly by my grandmother, a wonderful woman of God. And I distinctly remember her, when I would do something that I shouldn't have done, she would come to me and she'd rub my little head. I, little crew cut, short hair, she'd rub it, and she'd say, David, David. And I would know just by that that something wasn't right. There were times when she'd come and say, oh, little David, one time that was not that, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Grandma. Tell me how wonderful I am, how special I, but when it's David, David, and when it's Martha, Martha, you know, something's amiss. Something needs to change. 
And I would say to you this morning, I, if I knew everyone's name, I would say to you, Martha, Martha, stop. It doesn't have to be this way. Stop. You don't have to beat yourself up this way. Stop. The end's not near. That, that light that you see at the end of the tunnel is not the train that's about to run you over. Martha, Martha, stop. I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care about your hospital visit. I don't care that the utilities company called and said, this is it. I was at the Hope House. I guess it was Wednesday. I believe I was about to do class, or maybe I'd done, I, I can't remember exactly what time it was, but I'm walking through and I hear this knock on the door. And when you hear somebody knock on the front door of the Hope House, it's like, Martha, Martha. And I just wanted to keep on going. Like, I didn't hear anything. Anybody, come on, let's go to class. Come on, let's go back here. And again, and I dropped my arms. <laughs> my shoulders slumped. I go walking over to the door. And here it is. And he's waving this piece of paper. And he says, sir. All I could hear is, Martha, Martha. I'm from the utilities company and I have this water bill that needs to be paid. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, now what's more important? Having water or having a little bit of money? <laughs> now me, I could have probably cut it off, but then I thought, 14 women, 13, 12, 100, I don't know how many's there. Nah. I said, well, sir, you know, I, I just stepped up to the plate like the man of God that I am and just bellied right up to this problem and said to him, sir, you want to see that lady in the office back there? And I turned and went right on upstairs. <laughs> Praise God. I handle it like any man of God would handle it, like any courageous person would handle it. Sir, go right back there and see that lady in the office. Praise God. Give God a hand. Give me a hand. Give somebody a hand. Well, that may be where you're at, and you're hearing this Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, can I minister to you this morning about your worry, about you being upset about many things? Anybody in here, am I talking to anybody in the building that you're worried that you've spent a sleepless night about something, whatever that something is, and you're worried about it, and you're worried about it, and you don't know anything to do, you've tried this and you've tried that, and all you keep hearing is Martha, 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 Martha. You hear the voice of the doctor. You hear the voice of the utilities company. You hear the voice of whatever. Martha, Martha, we've found something. <laughs> oh, if we could only get to the place. You know, I said to you earlier about sirens and lights and blue lights and red lights. And they're not there to convince me that I shouldn't go any further. They're there to ex uh, escort, not Escort. Yes, thank you. This is a congregation participation message. 
escort me. I wish that I could stay there all of the time. I really do. I wish that I could say to you that there were times in my life but there are times in my life when I struggle, when I say, oh, look, it's, I throw my hands up. Every once in a while, I'll say to Connie, and it's very recent, maybe even this morning, <laughs> probably not this morning, <laughs> maybe last night. I've never been in a worse place in my life. I bet I've said that, I don't know, 20 times here of late. I've never been in a worse place in my life. And I'm thinking to myself, how many times can you say that I've never been in? You know, make your mind up. <laughs> Yesterday you were in a worse place, or you were in a worser place? <laughs> Just pardon the language, hallelujah. <laughs> I've never been in a more difficult time and a place in my life. But you know something? It's all right. I've got to capture. I've got to run after. David said, I believe it's in Psalms 27. Maybe it's verse 4. He says, one thing I've desired of the Lord. One thing. One thing. One thing I've found that makes me the happiest. One thing that really cranks my engine. One thing that really gets me going. And I want to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know if he was talking about this house. I don't know if he was talking about his presence. I don't know if he was talking about eternity. I don't know what he was talking about. But I know one thing. David found out that one thing really works. In all situations. Under all circumstances. And that one thing is Jesus. I've got to hurry. You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Please receive this word this morning. I want you to know that he, has, he is the creator of heaven and earth. He knows the ins and the outs, the beginning and the end. He is the alpha, the omega. He's all of these things. And he has discovered there's only one thing that is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. Oh, I speak that word over this whole congregation. I want you to, to discover what is better. And I want you to discover it in a way that it will not be taken from you. I don't care how strong they are, your problems that come and, and they're... What do you call these muscle-bound guys? I'm having a bodybuilder or they're, you know, they're uh, cut. Is that a term? Ripped. Ripped. Yeah, whatever. And they got a six-pack and another six-pack and they got a six-pack on the front and a six-pack on the back. Praise God.
your problems come and they're looking awesome, awesome in the way of how big they are and awesome in the way of this isn't going to be easy, this might hurt. Anybody ever been there? The doctor whip out a needle and say, you look at it and you think, hmm. And something inside your head says, this might hurt. This might leave a mark. That kind, that kind of situation, that's what's going on, and you don't know what to do, guess what? I want you to receive this in a way. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. There's, there's a place that you and I can get when we choose, and it's just like, uh, okay, A, B, or C, curtain one, two, or three, whatever the case, and we just kind of choose out of convenience or out of necessity or, or time's running out or those, so we just choose. But I don't want it to be that kind of a choice. I want you to know this morning that there's one thing, one thing that works, one thing that'll get you through the deepest, darkest times of your life. I am going through times in my life that are deep and that are dark and that are uncertain, and it's so dark in my life right now that I don't know what to do. I don't know which way to turn. But the one thing that I do know, praise the name of Jesus, is I have chosen, Matt, one thing that's going to bring me through. If I will not turn away from him, I have, I have found out in my life, in my personal life, oh, hallelujah, that all I need to do is be wrapped up Tied up and tangled all up in Jesus. I have received a warning from the word of God. One of the principles that says, don't look back. Don't get entangled once again in the affairs of this life. Don't let these thoughts and these problems overwhelm your mind to the point that you reach that I'm just going to give up. It's no use. I try, I've tried as hard as I can try. I've tried as hard as I can. And I cannot overcome it. Then if you've tried as hard as you can and you cannot overcome it, then just go with it. Just relax and find you a place of meditation. You may be that woman that you've, you've gone out and the end is near and there's famous, famine, famous, famine everywhere and people are dying and, and they're starving to death and you've gone out and you've got a son and all you've got is a little tiny bit of oil. And all you've got is just nothing. Just a little handful of meal. And you've gone out to find the wood to start a fire. And you've discovered in your spirit, this is it. This is our last meal. This is it. And on your way out, you hear a man and he says to you, Bake me a little cake first. Oh, I want God through his son Jesus to speak into your ear and say to you, bake me a little cake first. I don't care where you're at. I don't care what's going on. If you can only hear the words, bake me a little cake first, then you will be all right. I'm not so concerned this morning about praying for you and and you throwing up a cancer or praying for this growth and it shrinking or praying for a shorter leg and it lengthening. 
Those are wonderful miracles. And yes, 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 they happen. But what I really want is for you and I to receive this morning the miracle of miracles. To hear the word. Only one thing is needed. And hear it in a way that I can walk through hell with my white robe on and not get one spot on me. I want to have hope. When everything around me says you ought to be hopeless. When everything in my life says you aren't going to make it. This one thing whispers in my ear and says it's going to be all right. Just bake me a little cake first. Mary has chosen that good thing. In the book of John. The ninth chapter. If we come up one thing short, if we find that one thing is needed, then I want to know that one thing. I really want to know that one thing. And this, this is a whole chapter. This one miracle is simply a whole chapter of a man who was born blind. And I don't want to get into all of the reading, but he's born blind and there's a debate and, and a, a is it really him? And he's taken to the Pharisees and he's thrown out of the synagogue and uh, just all kinds of things happen. His eyes are open. Mud is made out of the spittle and, and he goes and he washes and he sees the miracle is done. Now he's being interrogated. Now he's being questioned. Anybody ever been there? A miracle in your life. But now people are questioning, well, how did this happen? What happened? What went on? How did it come about? Same situation here, but I want to know just one thing. After everything is said and done, Pastor, after all the dust has settled in my life, after all the trouble, is, and I see it and I recognize it and I know what I'm surrounded with, I want to know this one thing. After I know in my spirit that I'm going to receive a miracle, after I know in my spirit that he is a present help in time of trouble. I know that. I know that this morning. I'm going to leave here this morning not nearly as discouraged as I was last week. If nothing else, for the opportunity to preach this message to me. I'm going to be encouraged. But I want to know. I want to know. And in verse 25, all the questioning. A second time, they summoned the man, this is 24, who had been blind. Give glory to God, they said. We know this man is a sinner, speaking of Jesus. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. One thing I know is he's the one who keeps peace in the midst of the storm. He's the one who shines a light when darkness is everywhere. He's the one when darkness is so dark I can't see even where to take a step. He whispers in my ear and he says, go this way. One thing, one thing, I don't know all about him. Folks, this isn't a message that, that has six months of research. This isn't a message that is going to talk to you about 
how many stars are in the sky. It's not going to explain to you about the end of time and what to expect and all of these things. I'm not going to write a book on this message. Oh, maybe I will. This is the message that would say to you, one thing is needed. It needs to be birthed way down deep inside you. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not. Folks, I can't tell you all about the end of time. I've watched DVDs and XYZs and I've read books and I've listened to messages and I can't tell you about the atmosphere, about our galaxy. I don't know how far it goes. I don't know what's in it. I can lay on, I can, you know, not lay, but I can sit on my porch at night and look up there and tell you, yeah, there's a bunch of little lights up there. But I can't explain to you all of these things. I can't explain to you whether he's this, that, or the other thing. He's everything. He's all of those things. But I can't explain to you how he is that. I don't know why he's a light in the midst of total and complete darkness. I don't know why he would choose me, pastor, in my time of trouble to whisper in my ear and say, I'm a present help in time of trouble. You're right where I need you to be. And I'm thinking, oh, but can't you be a present help in time of plenty? <laughs> when my bank account's running over, couldn't you be a present help in time of overflow? And that's the problem with you and I. He always is put back. He always is moved aside. We see him coming and we want to impress him by giving to others, by helping others. And we do that. And that's a wonderful thing. Don't get me wrong. But we're always trying to impress him like Martha. Martha, Martha, I'm here to minister. You don't have to do this. I know you live like a slob. I created you. You don't have to do this last minute cleanup. I love you anyway. I know that you're afraid of the dark. I know that you're afraid of the empty bank account. I know that you're afraid that your family's going to fall apart and your kids aren't going to make it and all of these things. I know that you're afraid, but I love you anyway. I am a present help in time of... I want you to get this. I want it to be birthed in you because you're going to receive some really nasty, ugly reports. Unless you drop over dead before this message ends, you're going to receive some trouble in your life. If you're a real woman of God, if you're a real man of God, if you're really seeking him, you're going to receive some trouble. Everything's not going to be rosy. Everything's not going to work out and be perfect. You're going to be falsely accused. You're going to be lied about. All of those things. Anybody ever been there? Praise God. It's uncomfortable. It can, that is one of the most discouraging things that can happen to you and I as men and women of God. To live our life trying to do and to be and to do good and all of these things. And all of a sudden, up out of all of this springs up someone that just wants to destroy you for whatever reason. Maybe it was the way you smelled or looked or something. I don't know. But one thing I know, 
I don't know all about him. I don't know all about the word of God. And I'm afraid of the person who thinks that he does. But this one thing that I know is I was blind and now I see. One thing I know is I was discouraged and now I'm not. One thing I know. And it doesn't, you know, maybe I've got this growth and, well, it's not going, it's not getting smaller. It's not getting smaller. But that's still small voice. I would rather walk around the rest of my life with something wrong with me physically and know it by being able to feel it than to walk around the rest of my life not ever being able to hear that still small voice that says it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I don't want one miracle. I want the miracle. I don't, uh, folks, I don't. I want the miracle. It is Jesus. I don't need healing this morning. I just need the healer. <laughs> I don't need a million dollars. I just need the one who created everything. Jehovah Jireh. That course, I believe it's that course, says I'll worship you just for who you are. Will you? Will you? Will we? Oh, but, but I'm lacking this and I'm lacking that and I'm lacking the other thing. Coming up, I guess it was the way I interpreted messages. But it was like if I followed Jesus, I was going to have everything. Everything was going to be easy and rosy and wonderful. Just surrender your life to Jesus and everything's going to work out. All your troubles will go away. Anybody ever hear any messages like that? Maybe it was just my personal interpretation. I was hearing it wrong. I don't know. But all your troubles are going to go away and, and you're going to have plenty. And he's the God of all the hills and the cattle on the hills and the taters on the hills and the valleys and everything else. And, and we're going to receive the abundance of the rich and all that they have and all of these things are true i don't want to blaspheme the word of god so to speak i don't want to go against it but what i want you to know is that you and i have to survive till that time comes this uh this blind man for some reason it seems like i recall that it was 38 years now maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe it's another study that I did. But 38 years. But the fact is, it had not been recorded that anyone born blind had ever received their sight. An impossible situation. And here he sits and he's waiting and he's waiting and he's waiting. And I don't know how long you've waited. I don't know how many men and women of God have laid their hands on you and said, All right, brother, it's gone. Receive it. And you walk out of the building and it's not gone. As a matter of fact, that growth on your back's gotten larger and you, you're not carrying it anymore. You're having to drag it out. And it's not gone. And you think, man, what is it? She received or that, that happened. Or what is it about me? Oh, don't despise the testing of your faith. Don't despise it. It's going to work or work in you. You're going to be convinced that I don't care if I have to drag it into heaven. It's going to be all right because I found one thing that works. I don't need this. 
C, to be calm, for me to have peace. I don't need it. Let me on that ship. Let's sail. Let's move. Let's go. That's just talk, okay? I don't like storms. I mean literal. I don't like storms. They took me deep sea fishing one time. I got out there and it started getting bouncy and all that stuff. I'm getting nauseated to my stomach. I'm trying to find some place to relieve myself over the side of the boat. And I'm just, I'm thinking, oh, I was so miserable. I turned and I asked one of the guys of the boat, I said, how long are we out here for? Oh, all day. And I just laid there on that little couch thing, that little seat. And I thought, this has got to end. And they get me in the shore and I went with my brothers and some other guys. And they get on the shore and they caught a few fish. But because it was stormy and all that, we just didn't do a good job of catching fish. And they said, all right, I got some good news. And I talked, you don't have to tell me. I'm on ground. Oh, praise God. Got good news. The captain said he's going to cut us a deal and take us out tomorrow. I thought, oh. Well, I can't exactly tell you what I thought, but anyway. I went. Why? Because I had to show my six-pack. Not literally. I'm a man, too. You aren't going to sissy out, wimp out on us, are you, David? You're going to go, aren't you? Well, well, surely you're going to go. Well, okay, then. I'll go. I'm a man's man. Didn't get sick. Not because of a miracle, but because of appropriate medication. <laughs> But I don't care where we're at, what's going on. One thing, one thing, one thing. I'm going to go as far as I can until I feel like you're so uncomfortable and then I'll quit. All right? I want you to turn to Philippians. The third chapter, verse 13. I'll start at 12. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect because I haven't. I don't care how I preach it. When I preach to you, when I minister to you, I would really like for you to see and to understand that I'm just a man. I, I struggle. But I would like for you to be able to see that when you see me, when we greet one another and you ask me, Pastor, how are you doing? I don't care if I drag across the front lawn of the Hope House or into the back door, or all of these things, and the ladies see me, to the best of my ability, I always like to say to them, I'm blessed. No matter what's going on in my life, in spite of everything that's going on in my life, in spite of how I might look, I'm blessed, because I really believe that I am blessed. It wouldn't take me but a, sh a short few miles to go to a, a, a nursing home, or go to a hospital, or go to a funeral home or to find out just how blessed I am. Not that I have already obtained all this 
or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. All right, we're not, I'm not alone. Oh, praise God. But one thing I do, if, it, if, we, if we know that we like one thing, if we understand that one thing is needed, if we understand that I know beyond a shadow without this one thing in the book of John, then one thing that I can do, if I know all of this, one thing that I can do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. One thing, one thing, I want to forget everything behind me. I want to forget who I was yesterday. I want to forget how miserable of a life that I lived and how undeserving I am of any of these things to be spoken over me. I don't deserve for him to be a present help in time of trouble. I don't. I don't deserve the blessings that he's blessing me with, I don't. But one thing I'm going to do, I'm going to strive to forget all of those things behind me, all of my past, all of the condemnation. That Folks, I work at the Hope House, and one of my main things is simply to try to get these ladies to a place, real women of God who are going to be effective, who are going to walk on and walk through and overcome and all of these things, have to understand and have to be able to forget. Forget who you are. Forget who, forget who you were. Forget what happened to you. Forget he said and she said he did and he didn't. All of these things or you did. Oh, pastor, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what's going on. How can you say these words to me? Because I don't know. I wasn't there. But he was. And you prayed and you asked. And he took you from where you were, that miserable state that you were in. And he brought you to the Hope House. And he put in front of you and beside you, alongside you, Pastor Rhonda or Pastor David or some of the other people that work with you to say to you, forget that. He heard you. He loves you in spite of all of those things. Forget that. One thing I know. One of the struggles in my life presently is family. I want my family to line up with the word of God. I want my, you know, I, I don't ever expect my family to be perfect. But I expect my family to pursue God. Through their difficult times, all of these things. And one of the things that, um, that bugs me in regards to this is when I see these inconsistencies and I sit down with them and I say, look, one thing, one thing, one thing I'm trying to walk before you is be real. You know your daddy's not perfect, but I am pursuing God. I am running after him. I am chasing him. I hear the brook. I'm near. I'm getting closer. I hear the brook and that's where 
the meal is. That's where he's told me to go. That's where he's going to be. One thing, one thing, one thing. One thing I do. And I want to forget. I want to forget who they were today. And I want to pray for them and hold them up as who they're going to be tomorrow. I'm going to believe in them. And I'm going to have trouble with anybody who doesn't believe in them. I don't care what they look like. I don't care where you caught them. I don't care what they were doing. That's my boy. That's my girl. And somehow, Pastor God's birthed within me the same kind of love and, and care for the Hope House ladies. I don't, you know, I don't care what you, you say you saw them where, you say you saw them, then they're just struggling. I'll sit with them, we'll talk it out. Hopefully they'll take ownership of it and not get mad and leave. And we'll work together. One thing I'm trying to teach them is forget those things which are behind and know who you are today. You're a woman of God. I can't erase your past. I can only introduce you to someone who wants you to focus on your future. You say, well, you know, Pastor, you keep saying this Jesus thing, and, and I, I love him, I, you know, I, but really, is he all that? Really, is he all that? Well, let's look and see just for a moment, and in closing, this is my first in closing. I get three, I think I was told. He is the only one. He is the gift that was given. In the book of John, you don't have to turn there, 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only, his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. A gift that was given. So important that it was the only gift. He could have searched heaven, the universe, everything that we know that is known, and he would have still come to the place, the gift that is given is my son. In him, there's a message. He is the core, the center of everything that I preach, of everything that I minister to you. If it's not Jesus, then don't listen to me. I hear messages, and, and I keep waiting, and I keep waiting, and, you know, I'm not going to be critical. Everybody has their way of going about doing things, and everybody has things that have been birthed within them, messages that have been birthed, and the body of Christ is a huge family. And everybody, I'll minister to one part of the family one way, and somebody else will have to take another part. Of me. So I ain't got problems with that. I'm simply saying to you that in anybody's message, if he's not the core, if he's not the center, listen to this. In John 6, 68, Simon Peter answered, answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life. You're the message. You're the one. You're the center. Everything's got to be about you. Everything has to be about you, Jesus. To who can we go? I ask you this morning, who, where else are you going to go? You're going to try that same old, same old once again? Well, you're insane. 
You say, Pastor, are you kidding? You can, yeah, you're insane. The definition of insanity is trying the same thing, expecting a different result. You can believe it the way that you want to believe it and get that kind of results every time. But one of the, if I simply will believe it the way that it's written, the way that it's been birthed in my spirit, that one thing will last. That one thing will get me through. Hear me this morning. He has to be the center. He is so important, this man Jesus. He is the one. He is the bright and morning star. He is the lilies in the valley. He is the stream in the brook that runs. The stars in the sky. He's all of these things. <sighs> I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be. You will indeed die in your sins. Rejection of him this morning shouldn't be an option. Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else. For there is only, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. You might know my name. It's not going to get you very far. You might know Pastor Ronder's name, Ronder. <laughs> help me, Ronder. Help, help me. You might know Pastor Ronda. I don't know how far it'll get you. You might know others. But if you know his name, I mean know his name. I mean know his name, Matt. I, I don't know about him, Angel. I'm not an acquaintance of his, Courtney. I live with him. He walks with me. I don't have any other place to go. It's him. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, and the end. Salvation is found in no one else except Jesus. To who can you go? I want you to uh, close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to know that God is God. I'm hoping that Miss Connie will come without too much of a fight and fuss. I mean, she's coming one way or the other. Nothing else to slap me. 